Have you ever bought new shelving or totes to organize and hold your old stuff so that you could go buy new stuff? <laughs> Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Have you ever been so envious or wishful for another person's life that you were unable or perhaps unwilling to celebrate his or her success and good fortune? Tougher question. Take care, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Has the grammar of your life ever been predominantly in the first person singular, I? I want, I need, I did, I hope, I achieved, I accomplished, I will. I, I, I. Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Have you ever bought something to make yourself feel better? Perhaps because you were sad or lonely, fearful or afraid. And what you really wanted was a new life or a new feeling, more than you wanted a new thing. But you bought the new thing anyway. Take care. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. If any of those sound familiar, or if you answered yes, or even if you didn't, but you understand what I'm talking about, then you just might know something about greed in your life. That's not a judgment or a criticism, mind you. I've bought many totes. <laughs> but it is a recognition that I, and maybe you too, can be a barn builder as much as the guy in today's parable. As Jesus warns, there are all kinds of greed. It may come in the form of tangible things. It may come in the form of amassing money, land, and, and other types of wealth. Greed can also come in the form of time, attention, approval, love, knowledge, control, being right, being in charge, or a thousand other things. Ultimately, though, greed is not about any of those things. They are just the symptoms of a deeper issue. The issue is not about quantity, but a condition of one's interior life. Greed is just really a way of dealing with our own feelings of deficit and emptiness. It's not so much about having enough, but about being enough. When we believe ourselves to be deficient, when we lose belief in ourselves, when we feel we are not enough, then we become greedy. And we use things and other people to fill the void within us. Greed deceives and convinces us that if we have just more of blank, then we'll be blank. For example, if I have more money, then I will have a more secure future. If I get more degrees, then I'll have more knowledge, and then people will be will believe that I am studious and intelligent. If I can get more of your time and attention, then I'll feel accepted and important and, and relevant. If I can gain more power and control, then I'll be respected and no one can hurt me. 
Greed uses external things to deal with internal matters, and it never works. Greed always leaves us wanting more, always seeking the next dollar, the next object, the next word of approval. The thing is, is that greed steals and deprives us of what we want most. Greed thieves us of our lives. Greed always makes you poor. Always. Now, that doesn't mean that possessions are inherently bad or wrong. And the antidote is to greed is not necessarily found in cleaning out your closets or throwing away your belongings or refusing to visit Target. The real work is interior work. Greed shows us to be living in poverty toward God, toward self, toward other. So the antidote to greed is to then live richly, abundantly, toward God, toward self, toward other. Meaning we invest in, the, in this life in the same ways in which Jesus invested his life. Through love and mercy and compassion and justice and hope, through courage and acceptance and truth and beauty and generosity. Because least we forget, Jesus was a poor homeless rabbi. Dude didn't have two denarii to rub together. He didn't. And still he lived abundantly. His life reflected the wealth of God's love. And yours can too. To live richly in this life begins with knowing that we are beloved. There is freedom in that. It is the freedom to live richly towards self and other. It reveals that freedom that there is enough. It declares my life to be as important and valuable as your life. It eliminates the need for comparison with and judgment of myself against you. In essence, being one's presence takes precedence over what one does and what one possesses. To the degree that greed is present in our lives, it thieves us of God's love. And it thieves me of you and the possibility of us. In today's parable, Jesus said, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Somewhere deep within us, we already know this. You really do. You know this. This is not new data for you. Consider the first day you uh, held your child or, or grandchild or niece or nephew. Recall the last child you saw baptized here in this church or another church. Recall the day a friend introduced you to his or her newborn. Recall the faces of the children in this church who are upstairs right now going crazy. 
What were your greatest hopes and dreams for those children? What were your sincerest prayers for his or her life? What do you desire more than anything else for that little person that you see here every Sunday? Was it a big fancy house? Was it a closet full of designer clothes and shoes? No. (laughs) Did you pray that they would always be on the winning team? That they would be wealthy? Did you hope they would be number one in their class or that they would be more powerful and important and successful than anyone else in the world? Did you? Not likely. That is not what you hoped and prayed for that child. And if you did, we should talk after worship. (laughs) Why weren't those your first concerns? Why weren't those your prayers? Because something in you already knew that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And if you know that to be true for them, then you know it to be true for yourself. I imagine that you prayed that child would find meaning and purpose in their life. You hoped joy for them. You wished that child a world of peace. You prayed they would look in the mirror and see their own beauty, their own goodness, their own holiness. You prayed that they would find someone to love them unconditionally. You hoped that they would imagine all the possibilities life had to offer. The reason those things were your prayers and your hopes and your wishes is because somewhere deep within you, you know and you want the same things for your own life. In holding and seeing and interacting with that child, you touched your own abundance toward God. You caught a glimpse of the treasure that you are and that you want to be the treasure that God knows you already to be. What if you lived that way, abundantly, richly towards God, self, and other? What if you claimed yourself as enough, as treasure? How would your life be different? What possibilities would that create in your relationships? What work might you need to do in order to claim that for yourself? And then imagine for me the ripples of hope you would create in this world. May it be so. Amen.